Blog Talk Radio. Well, you know, uh, 
I mean, I don't know how many different quarterbacks we've tried to go through over the years to try and get some something going in uh, Washington. It's, uh, it, it's, I mean, it's been a struggle just trying to, uh, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I, I you know, I think uh, a lot of people are of the opinion that if just Dan Snyder would sell the team and just be done with it, maybe they could uh, do something. But I don't foresee that happening anytime soon. So. Uh, in lieu of that, I guess uh, we have to make the best we can. Uh, I know they get just um, hit recently in the last couple of years, got the former Carolina Panthers um, head coach. So, you know, it's I, – I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe the stars will align one day and they'll get a winning uh, schedule once again. Hey, you know what? Uh, we're right there with you. We're right there with you. We got – I, you know, I don't know if I shared it with you, but I, I shared it with a few people. The, the starting quarterbacks, we've, you know, Darius Linder uh, posted a tweet. I think he said five or ten years. I can't remember exactly, but anyway, it was a consecutive a number of years since that he's been there, and he's had a different quarterback. Basically, he's had a different quarterback every year since he's been there. So we'll see what what that is. But that's not why we called you on the show today, because your expertise is – uh, with NASCAR, we have a lot had a lot of fun this year so far with NASCAR. You know, I I, I finally broke down because everybody else, you know, all the cool kids were doing the DraftKings. So you know, I'm doing the DraftKings. Nothing too I- I- exciting, but hey, I'm doing it. But I I, I want a little money on a uh, on the Daytona 500 and a little a little money on the uh, uh, Fontana. A little less money last week, so. <laughs> Last week was bad to me, Steve. I mean, if if if, if I could have picked the, a worse time to lose $25 across the board, it was last weekend. But here we go. We're in Phoenix in the desert. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about last week. Give us a recap about last week and what we're looking for this week going into uh, NASCAR. Obviously, we've, we've got uh, out in Phoenix with the Xfinity race. And uh, we'll we'll talk about the different series here in a second, but just uh, give us a recap from last week, uh, sir. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, Hendricks Motorsports is just continuing on their domination that uh, has just been well we we've seen over quite a period of time. Uh, I think I saw I saw this stat. I, I can't remember. I think it was it was sometime last night um, that Hendricks Motorsports has won. 22 of the last 44 events in in, in the Cup Series. Um, I mean, yeah, we we can talk about how much that um, you know Kyle Larson won last year, and uh, you know winning the championship, winning the races. Uh, you know, Wayne Byron also went to Victory Lane, and uh, uh, you know Alex Bowman going to Victory Lane, and you know here we are uh, now coming into the fourth. Uh, you know, race of the year, and um, both Alex Bowman and Kyle Larson have gone to victory lane. Kyle Larson has been uh, strong already this year, uh, dominating. Uh, you know, as as we've seen. Uh, you know, unfortunately, last week uh, he came up just a little bit short on that. But you know, uh, you know, with Alex Bowman going back to victory lane, um, you know, he's locked himself already into the championship or the playoff uh, uh, schedule for later on this year. Um, but you know, it it kind of put uh, Las Vegas in the past and moved towards Phoenix and the one mile racetrack that we got uh, 
to uh, tackle this weekend out there. So uh, it, it's been a track that, uh, you know, we've, we've seen Carl Larson uh, um, win on this thing and uh, be be strong on this thing. And uh, But, you know, I, I think I'm just going to give this little, one little nugget last thing. Uh, Kevin Harvick has had 17 top 10 finishes at uh, Phoenix over the last um, seven, uh, 17 races. He's going to try and tie Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt Sr. for 18 consecutive top 10 finishes at a single racetrack. So that's what uh, Harvick is looking for this weekend. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Let's talk a little bit about the trucks. Obviously, they're not in action this weekend uh, out in Phoenix, but they will be next weekend out of out of Atlanta. We, we we think about that huge rack between Grand Aperture, uh, John Hunter, and Amy check it out, and in the final laps there, which obviously cleared the way for Chandler Smith to win in Las Vegas. Was that a fluke for Chandler Smith, or is Chandler Smith the real deal? Somebody we got to be looking at for the rest of the season. Well, I think anything anybody did you really put in a Kyle Busch Motorsports equipment is is a threat week in and week out. And I know Chandler Smith has been a has been a driver. He's come up from the Arca series and he's proven himself in that regard. You know, he's struggled a little bit since he's been in this Kyle Busch Motorsports equipment. He's uh, struggled uh, last year, um, just trying to um, you know keep pace sometimes. And he's also put himself in some situations in which he's just. Um, you know, avoidable, but you know, these are all learning curves that I think uh, he, he's going to have to try and kind of have to figure out. Now, as far as going forward, um, I, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm ready to, to mark uh, Chandler Smith down as a contender every week just because of John Hunter Nemechek is really the, 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 the driver over there for the KBM um, stable that is going to be the one that we're going to probably talk about more so than anybody else. Um, but the the last one one last thing about last week is, you know, we had a little bit of a controversy as far as uh, post race. Zane Smith, who won the Daytona uh, event for the Truck Series, was disqualified post race after NASCAR said that the, the that the lug nuts that they used on their uh, uh, their truck was um, was ground down and shaved down so that they. Um, uh, they didn't meet the, the equipment that was uh, supposed to be on this this truck. So he was disqualified. Um, was 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 credited with last place finish. And uh, you know, this week it's been a little bit of a controversy because um, both trucks. You know, it began with uh, with uh, Zane himself posting uh, different lug nuts that had come not only off the truck but lug nuts that they had bought brand new and it shows where even brand new lug nuts that they are getting from their suppliers are being are not compliant with nascar now a couple of other teams have also kind of piled onto that at the same time blaming the manufacturer of these lug nuts where uh just yesterday an xfinity series team says that they uh went through a box of about 250 or so odd different lug nuts and out of them, I think they, they found somewhere around 60 or 70 that are usable and compliant with NASCAR. So I think that there's, uh, you know, there's been a little bit of controversy this week in his disqualification and the, and the lug nuts that, 
these uh, teams have uh, are, are buying. Uh, I, I don't I don't know why this is coming up all of a sudden because you know this is the same kind of supplier that's been supplying all three national series as well as ARCA and your local teams uh, at your local short tracks for for many many years. And uh, uh, you know it's it, it, I don't know understand why there all of a sudden is there a problem with this, but apparently this is something that um, this week has become a controversy and um, just Zane Smith. Uh, disqualification from uh, from Las Vegas last week that uh, you know resulted in um, you know some of these these teams going out there and kind of showing what what is the problem with these lug nuts. So uh, I know that team is uh, looking at appealing this decision as to NASCAR disqualifying them, and we'll see what happens with that. We're talking with Steve Wilson, editor in chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, our official NASCAR. Uh, contributor, you know, we look back at last week and we talked about going into the Xfinity series here, which is going to be on the track this afternoon out in Phoenix. Uh, Ty Kibbs, you know, he pulled away from the field with a restart with six laps remaining and, uh, you know, held off the hometown favorite, favorite of Noah Gregson. Going back to my DraftKings stab in the heart, uh, but. <laughs> And just kidding, but Noah, Noah's really showing me a lot this year that he has the real deal. Nothing against Ty Gibbs. I applaud his win. I, You know, it was his first win of the year uh, for Gibbs. I mean, he's only 19. He's, of course, his grandson and pedigree of uh, Hall of Fame team owner, three-time Super Bowl champion head coach Joe Gibbs. So, you know, uh, he's he's got some he's got some uh, uh, pedigree behind him. Uh, but But Great win for Ty Gibbs, and we, and we could talk about that. But Noah Gregston, did he get his uh, balloon deflated last week, or is Ty Giggs, Gibbs just really that good? Because we kind of – I mean, I believe he came – he started from behind, and I'm pretty sure that he did, or very – he didn't start at the front, put it that way, and he made his way all the way up to the front. But he took advantages of cautions, and he took advantages of of, of a lot of different scenarios uh, that were given to him. So that tells me that, well, at least his crew chief knows what he's doing. Ty Gibbs, I, I, I you know, I applaud his win. But I, 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 I want to talk about Noah Gregson because Noah's came last year. What a great season he is. He's, he's you know, obviously learned from the best, Dale Jr. Uh, I, I, I mean, Ty Gibbs, great win. I guess the comparison there is, is okay, that's a win. But Noah Gregson is the real deal. Or am I reading into that too much? If you look back at Noah, I mean, last year he won three different times in, in, in the in the Xfinity series. I mean, that he's, uh, is one of his – that's his highest that he's – been since he came in, um, you know, to the Xfinity Series, it's also higher than he's won in previous seasons with the Truck Series. Um, you know, I think with Noah, Noah is a is a is a kid that where I know a lot of people kind of see him as, uh, uh, you know, you know, a little bit of frustrating at times, and um, doesn't feel like that he's breaking through as often or as quickly as he wants to, but it seems like that he has settled himself down a little bit, maybe taking uh, some uh, advice from 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 drivers like uh, Dale Jr. that owned the team for and uh, owned the team, or uh, even uh, Justin Allgaier, which is a teammate of him, and 
you know, I think it's starting to actually pay dividends. And, I mean, it really did pay dividends for him last year when he did, um, you know, finish or, or he won three times and finished third in the in the, in the the Xfinity Series. Um, you know, we're, we're, only, we're only three – uh, we're three races in this year, and he's got three top five finishes. Top, so he's he's finishing top five all all three races so far this year. So we are seeing a kind of a resurgence of him. We're seeing him where he's becoming more competitive. We're also seeing he, where he's becoming more consistent at the same time. And you know, for him, uh, it's just a matter of time before before he breaks through and gets that win. Um, you know, this year in Xfinity Series. Well, will it be today at the LS Tractor 200? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, you, I mean, you, you, you take a look. I mean, you know, talking about talking about some of his, uh, talking about Justin Allgaier for a second. I mean, he's, I mean, he, he's been, he's been a driver that has gone into Phoenix you know, Phoenix in, in, in the past, and he's been strong all, all – he's been strong for the, for that team. So, you know, I, 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 if nothing else, I mean, if, if, if this season is, is kind of panning out the way that, that, that it all has for the last three races, um, look for him to at least pick up another top five finish and be competitive throughout the entire race. So, uh, you know, it, it, it sometimes, it, you know, I know we, we, we reward a lot of winning in, in NASCAR and, and rightfully so. But, you know, sometimes these drivers that become very consistent in what they do week in and week out are also drivers that we do see uh, end up in the playoffs later in the year just because of that consistency. And sometimes, you know, that that can carry you a little ways into that playoffs. Now, I know that you need wins, but, you know, don't don't forget and count out consistency. And, you know, uh, if that consistency leads to wins throughout the year, then, then maybe that's the path that they're looking at is just stay consistent every weekend. And then when, you, when you're in those positions where you can win, go out and get those wins. You know, the last time we raced at Phoenix, an exciting win for Daniel Hemrick. He's not racing in this race. I believe he's racing in the Cup Series. Am I correct on that? No, Daniel Hemrick is uh, is uh, competing this afternoon. He's uh, just okay. moved over teams from Joe Gibbs Racing to Colleague Racing. Um, okay. He is defending that championship. But yet, uh, Daniel Hemrick, uh, you know, we we talked we always talked about Daniel Hemrick about he's he's a, he was a driver that <laughs> we just he could never win a race. He finished second a lot of times and. You know, what better place than when we were at Phoenix the last time where he not only won the race but won the Xfinity Series championship. So another driver we'll talk about for today, and, and or <laughs> excuse me, I'm losing my voice again. That was the problem last week. But um, Anthony Alfredo, I like this driver. I've been, again, been, you know, playing around with my fantasy and, and the DraftKings and he's a driver that, that that seems to be popping up underneath the radar. And, you know, when you look at drivers underneath the radar, we've seen a lot of good drivers make their mark under the radar. Anthony Alfredo sets an eight in the in the Xfinity standings, but certainly is a machine to, to watch out for. Yeah, you know, Anthony came uh, left a Cup Series ride last year, came back to the to the Xfinity Series, running for our Motorsports, and um, 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's again uh, a, a driver that that team is. Uh, you know, we don't we don't consider. You know, we consider our motorsports one of those kind of underfunded teams where. Uh, you know they 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 don't have the the capabilities that that a Joe Gibbs or somebody like that would have, but you look at uh, Anthony Alfredo and you know through the first three races this year already he has one top five two top ten finishes are in the series and you you're right he's 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 running or um sorry he's an eight in the 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 points so he you know that team is seems like it's building off some of that momentum there. They're they're building off of some of what Brett Moffitt did last year to kind of get this team kind of tuned in and tuned up. And, you know, by, by expanding and bringing Anthony Alfredo in, uh, it, it seems like it's paying dividends and they're starting to be able to compete, um, you know, even though that they're underfunded and, you know, don't, uh, like I said, don't have the capacity that some of the other teams do. They, they do seem to make up with, it, with the talent behind the wheel, and, you know, Anthony is showing that, and I think it was a good move for him. Uh, I know he struggled last year racing basically mid-pack in the 20s for uh, in the Cup Series. It was, it was a struggle for him. Um, but, you know, that, that move, I think he recognized the fact that, you know, to go back down to something, uh, Xfinity or trucks, is was going to be a better move for him. And, I mean, it really is already paying dividends uh, this, this year, and you, you're seeing that, and I, it's good for him to recognize that. All right, Steve, I'm going to put you on the spot. I need your pick for the Xfinity race because I'm going to – whatever you tell me is exactly what I'm going to – go into my fantasy uh, league and uh, DraftKings. So what is your pick for the winner for the Xfinity race? And then we'll get on to the, the Cup Series. Uh, I'm going to go with Justin Allgaier later today. Justin Allgaier for the win. All right. It'll pay me 30 bucks on a $5 yeah. bet, okay? You're now responsible. You're now responsible for the five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on over to the to the Cup Series and let's talk a little bit about the track out of Phoenix. We saw last week that you know uh, I, I don't always agree with Danica. It was kind of weird to see her in, in the in the booth, but she did make a very good comment about she was worried about the tires uh, last week. And the last last week the tires were really an issue. Are we going to have that same issue this this week at Phoenix? Because it's it's a, a a tire hazardous track. We'll put it put it like that. Look, I mean, you know, this since they've gone to this new 18 inch tire, there's been some struggles with it already, and they've the teams have tried to massage some of the fenders out and the wheel wells out uh, to try and prevent these tires from from collapsing like they are. Um, you know, they, uh, Goodyear and NASCAR decided that even on these super speedways and two mile tracks and mile and a half racetracks, that they would not uh, in, not put an inner liner into it. So these, when these tires go, they're rotting the rims around the track. And they, you know, with the independent suspensions and transaxles that are in the rear of these cars these days that um, they've moved over to, it's getting wrapped and bonded around those parts, which is causing issues, causing breakage of parts, et cetera. Um, they're also sitting so low to the ground that, I mean, they're scraping the underpan, which is also causing, you know, similar issues. 
Now, you know, I, I don't know what the solution is. I know that, the, again, with, with NASCAR, this is also a, uh, I mean, sorry, with Goodyear that supplies the tires. These are also softer tires um, that we've had in the past. And, you know, to be honest with you, that is one thing that a lot of teams, a lot of drivers, a lot of fans have all called for is tires that are softer, tires that give up or quicker. Um, that way that, you know, you don't you don't have teams out there on an entire fuel run of 60, 70-odd-so laps and tires being able to last an entire run. They wanted the teams, drivers, and fans all wanted to see uh, tires that gave up, made it a little bit harder, and caused some tire uh, and, and ended with tire management. And we've gotten that. However, I think we're we're seeing these tires, you know, cause residual issues that maybe um, you know we're not seeing um, once they got into you know now we're we're racing with them, and you know whether it causes an issue later today or sorry today or tomorrow. I think tomorrow um, I would look more to towards tomorrow because of that transition where. Um, Drivers try to cut the dog leg there. They dive real deep underneath that line and try and slam it back up onto the track. That's a really rough transition both directions. And if anywhere there might be an issue, I would look towards that cutting the dog leg is where there might be an issue with some of these tires popping out. So we'll we'll have to watch that. But, you know, that's definitely something, uh, you know, hopefully NASCAR and Goodyear are monitoring and, you know, watching week in and week out. And, you know, I know that there's a supply of tires already out there, so it's not like they can just ditch them and start from a, a new with the with the supply chain issues that we already have. But, um, you know, we, there may have to be some changes coming in the future, and maybe this is what maybe NASCAR is in Goodyear acquiring all the data that you need to make these changes. But, you know, for now, this is kind of what we're working with, and this is what, teams are going to have to work with and drivers are going to have to be just as careful with not only what they're doing out there on the racetrack because you know you you ride upside next to somebody and you get into them and you can cut a tire much quicker these days than you can mm-hmm. that you did in the past so um you know we, we saw last week christopher bell we saw all kinds of drivers with issues with tires uh but Wallace with tire issues you know you just Going down the list of, uh, I think half a third to a half of the field had a tire issue last week in Vegas. So you know, just everybody you know, had tire issues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, talking about tires, let's talk a little bit about the Hendricks boys. And one of my favorites, obviously, is Kyle Larson. And in Larson, and two of Hendricks Motorsports uh, uh, teammates, Alex Bowman and William Byron, benefited from welder perspective crew chiefs all all taking the same way by taking two tires in the final pit pit stop last sunday afternoon which propelled larson to the top of the leaderboard and gave them control of the final restart start of course larson fell short at the end of that where alex bowman you know picked up the win great for that great teamwork for the entire hendrix motorsports group And, and and they are just doing a fantastic job as, as we alluded to earlier uh, of course uh, Bowman was able to, to clear off Larson in in off the, in turn four four and win the race great win for Alex Bowman let's talk about that win and how Hendricks that, that shows you how a team comes together they might be uh, different drivers different crew trees chiefs out on the track but during the week 
they're in the same boardroom strategizing, coming up with the same strategy. Thoughts? Yeah, you know that's kind of a you know that's kind of a mechanism of these these large multi multi uh, car teams where they um, you know they, these crew chiefs they 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 work with one another these engineers work with one another the tire you know, specialists work with one another and then you know the drivers have a weekly meeting but amongst themselves with you know the the likes of uh, Jeff Gordon Rick Hendrick and etc. So you know they're able to acquire all this data. Um, you know, but interestingly, they're still independent from one another in a lot of aspects too. But that doesn't mean that you know, um, you know, they don't they they don't go out there and fight like they did. And I mean, you saw that last weekend where it didn't seem like, you know, I guess anybody could just say team orders and you know make sure that that Kyle Larson is the one winning every week because he seems to be the popular choice of win to win every week. Um, but you know, they there was very hard racing between those two, and especially with them. Taking the two tires on, like you alluded to, there in the final, in the final pit stop, which did give them control, um, and then going into overtime like they did, um, you know that that allowed uh, Alex Bowman to come out victorious and all of this um, with Kyle Larson finishing second. So, you know, for them, it, it still is a strong both win for Larson and um, Bowman, who who won the race. Um, and Hendrick Motorsports, like I said earlier, I think is uh, read la- last night about 20, 22 of the last forty four races they've won. So I mean they're they're right now the dominant factor uh, in the Cup Series when it comes to uh, all of their teams. I mean even when you take a look at William Byron last week, I mean he finished fifth out there. Um, you know Byron was a guy that had failed post pre race inspection, had to go to the back. Um, and uh, worked his way up throughout the race up to a top five finish. So you know they there once again is uh, you you've got uh, three teammates in the top five, and one of them had uh, had to start at the back. So it's uh, you, you saw you saw them all working well together, and you saw that you know even team or there are no team orders. They all battled this thing out through overtime to to come out victorious. Steve Wilson of SpeedwayDigest.com. Check them out. They are the premier source uh, for coverage when it comes to everything racing, but especially NASCAR uh, and Xfinity. And certainly love having him on as part of our our uh, weekly uh, weekly show. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight five one six is our is our digits. We're running down on time, uh, Steve, but go ahead and give us your final thoughts and words of wisdom for the desert. And I need your win because you're going to cost me another $5 before you get off your call. <laughs> well, uh, let's, let's go, um, let's go with Chase Elliott winning, uh, in Phoenix tomorrow afternoon. And as far as, you know, just, you know, we just, we just have to be mindful once again, watching those tires like, last week and especially with those cutting the dog leg uh nascar also it, it did go out there yesterday afternoon and um put uh, the resin down onto the track to try and open up more grooves throughout the turns so look for uh teams trying to spread those uh try and get up a little bit two tires up into that resin get a little bit of extra grip and uh you know getting out to the closer to the wall and uh, maybe opening up some other lines around the track. So those those are a couple things to watch tomorrow afternoon. 
Steve Wilson, SpeedwayDigest.com, our official NASCAR contributor. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. You uh, will have made me $45 on the race if Chase Elliott wins, just on the $5 bet that we talked about. So you're responsible for that. Where can people find your work in Masterpieces? You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com, slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com. All right, buddy. You have yourself a good weekend, and we'll talk with you soon. Thanks, man. Take care. I hope you win. (laughs) Yeah, me too. All right, we'll see. Last week was not good to me at all. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and content director of BurnoutSports.com joins us now. Tony, how are you, sir? Hey, how are we doing? Hey, man, it's an exciting time here in Indianapolis. I'm a huge IU fan. Can I say that again? Can I say that the IU is in the Final Four? Okay, it's not the real Final Four, but it is a Final Four, the Big Ten Championship here in Indianapolis. Always good to have them there. And uh, our good friend Rick Riggin of the show is going to be out there at, at the uh, Indiana game today. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts? IU, Purdue in the Final Four. It could happen, my friend. A final game come down to IU Purdue. We'll be talking about this to our, gra- our grandkids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that IU's got a got a tough road ahead of them today um, with a really really good Iowa team that scores a lot of points, uh, shoots the three very well. Uh, was one of the top coach teams in the country. Um, I think IU has played their way into the NCAA tournament. Now we'll see if they go out and they compete today or they beat Iowa. Uh, that would probably solidly get them into the field. Um, if they lose today, depending on what happens with with some other teams, uh, maybe they're in that play-in game. But but I think I used in at, a, at an 11 seed right now for the NCAA tournament. Um, I don't have them winning today. Uh, I do have Purdue winning and beating Michigan State to go on tomorrow to beat Iowa to win the Big Ten championship. Um, I think you got to look at you know just a couple factors with with IU and and it's just you know. You're in the tournament. You're not going to really move up or move down. Do you want to win the Big Ten Championship? Absolutely. But but we're talking third game and, and three days, and, and these guys haven't had much rest, and, and, and sometimes those legs start to start to get tired and, and start to get a little weary down the stretch. So um, I'd be stunned if IU won today. Hopefully they do uh, for the economy downtown and everything. But but it's a tough road ahead. But, but, but nonetheless, for Hoosier fans, they are solidly and – and that's really all you could hope for was them to go into the Big Ten tournament and win two games. You know, how exciting. That alone to me is a success with the new head coach, the first year of the new head coach. I, I mean, I'm an IU guy. I'm an IU alumni. I'm not going to lie. There's no bias here. I'm an IU guy. I go all the way. Uh, but I, I've just been so disappointed. And I guess I grew up in the era, and showing my age here, I was actually – at IU when Bobby Knight was the coach there. And I that was my IU. And I, I I see a lot of that coming back. Am I am I getting overexcited about IU? Is do we are we seeing a lot of the past uh victories, the past thrills that we experienced several years ago and, and those that that are, are younger don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to why everybody's so excited about IU getting into the tournament and moving forward. Am I getting overexcited? Am I reading attention to the tea leaves moving forward? Well, I mean, I think you, 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 you put the cart in front of the horse like most IU fans do because they are so um, <laughs> ready. They're they so ready to go back to, 
what they were in, in the 80s and, and, and banners this and banners that. I mean, they've made two Final Fours in the last, you know, 30, I'm 33 years old. I think they made it in 92, then 02. Um, there, there, there's, there's students right now at IU that were born in 2003, uh, and, and they've never seen IU go to the Final Four. So they, they really don't know what that's like. They obviously want their team to go to the Final Four. So, um, you know, I, I would say that there's, there's a lot of fans that, that want to go back and, 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 and relive those glory days of when they were great, and that's fine, and IU can get there. Um, but I think that starts with, you know, a Sweet 16 run this year, which, as we've seen, they, they've knocked off two pretty good teams so far in the Big Ten tournament. Now can you go in and, and, and get hot? And there's always a team or two from a big conference that is a lower seed that gets hot and plays well and gets himself to the Sweet 16. And they got a guy like Trace Jackson Davis that, that can score the basketball. That's a that's a future NBA player. Um, you know he, he's going to be a role. He's going to be a good solid role player in the NBA coming up uh, over the next couple of years. I would say um, when you got a guy like him on the court that you know can play well and, and can score the basketball and get you almost a double-double every night. It's guys like Johnson and Thompson. Can they step up as well? Um, and what can you get off the bench? Because sometimes the bench only gives you 8 to 10 points. You, you need a little bit more out of that. And, 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 and really, when you, when you take a look at what they did yesterday um, in beating Illinois, you know, the bench scored 16 points. You, you almost take that every night. Um, they shot 30% from the three. got to be a little bit better than that today to beat Iowa, but, you know, you had Tracy Jackson Davis with 21, Johnson and Thompson. So if those guys can get you double digits, you're going to have a really good chance of, of defending well and, and keeping the opponents off of, off the glass. And, and it could happen. Iowa is tough and they hit the, they hit a lot of threes. Tony Donahue, the Tony D podcast and burnoutsports.com. Uh, we'll get to some racing here in a second, but it is selection Sunday this weekend. It is March Madness. I believe you're going to be in the in the uh, brackets with us, guys. If you want one, just go get it. It's up there on social media now, and just follow the link, and you can do up to two brackets. Let's play bracketology, if you will. Top overall seed. What? Who? Who are your thoughts on the top overall seed uh, going into selection Sunday tomorrow? Um, I, I think it's going to be Gonzaga, and a lot of people just kind of poo-poo that because they don't play in the big conferences. But I do think you'll see it as Gonzaga. I think Arizona's still a number one seed, although they struggled a little bit with Colorado yesterday. Um, I think Kentucky is a number one seed just because there's there's a lot of good teams in the SEC. Arkansas is a really good team. Auburn's been ranked number one at a few times this year. LSU is a pretty good team. Um so I think you'll see that. And then and really the winner of Baylor and Kansas, like the winner of the Big 12 tournament, whether it's Kansas or Baylor, will be a number one seed as well. But number one overall, I've got Gonzaga as of right now. You know what? I totally, I totally agree with you. And, I, I mean, obviously I, we would think they would be in the West, which is played out in San Francisco. Let's talk about the South uh, first seed overall out there uh, in, in San Antonio. I, I'm liking Arizona for that spot. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know what I, I told you. Earth. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I I, I thought uh, the West is. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, with I the South, that, you'll I, probably see Arizona. I said San Francisco, but I meant Portland is the first round. But go ahead and just like San Diego is the first round, not San Antonio. My my fault. I wanted to clear clarify that. But go ahead, uh, Tony. Yeah, I mean, with the West, you're going to have Gonzaga. It's the number one overall seed. You're going to put them as close to their home school as 
as or their home, you know, where they play. So you put them in Portland. Arizona will go to San Diego. They'll play in the South. I think in the Midwest, you'll either see Kansas or Baylor as the number one overall seed. That's in Fort Worth. And then uh, here in Indianapolis in the East, I think Kentucky will be the number one overall seed. I think Purdue will be a number two seed also playing in Indianapolis. So you'll have Kentucky and Purdue to each other back-to-back, but they won't meet up in a tournament until later on, maybe with a chance to go to the Final Four. Um, and I believe that's in Chicago, if not mistaken. So um, give me give me Kentucky out of the East, Midwest. I'll see Baylor or Kansas. I think Kansas wins that conference tournament. Uh, I think that they just have too many weapons. Baylor is Baylor really scores a lot, or sometimes they play down in their competition. We saw them struggle. Uh, the last couple of days in the Big 12 tournament. So give me Kansas to be the overall seed number one in the Midwest and playing in Fort Worth. Let's put our homework card on again. Do, do, do we think it's going to be LSU and Indiana in, in round one? I mean, it, it, it really just depends on on what happens. Uh, I could see IU as the 11 seed, and you hope that they've, they've done enough um, to, 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 to earn – um, a spot solidly into the tournament. It could be LSU. Um, it could be a Texas, a team like Texas. I could definitely see that matchup. Um, maybe even a team that's like USC or UConn. I could definitely see UConn maybe being a six seed. Um, but I, I, I think Texas is a, is a good matchup. Could be even Houston. Now think about this matchup. you got the Houston Cougars, the number one team out of the American Conference. They are more than likely going to win their conference tournament. If they don't, it could fall from a five seed down to a six seed. NCAA loves intriguing matchups when it comes to the tournament. You got former coach at the six seed taking on number eleven Indiana. Uh, that's something to certainly look at. Um, but but we'll just see how it kind of goes down. Well, it's going to be a crazy weekend. It always comes down to Saturday, the day before Selection Sunday. So we'll see how everything how everything pans out. Let, let's just talk about. Some of the the prop bets, if you will, and uh, I, I know you you play around with the with the with the betting, and, and maybe you can help us out with that. And this is I'm a I'm a I'm a DraftKings rookie. I'm a I'm a rookie, so uh, you know I'm always texting you say, hey, uh, who did you you know? Last week was the worst weekend I've ever had. Well, I've only been doing this for like three weeks, so let me let listen to me talk like I've been doing it for a long time. But NASCAR kicked my ass last week and. In, in betting, but it is what it is. But prop bet, let's say first team out, who is it? Uh, you mean out of the tournament looking inside? Or yeah, I'm so sorry. I should have clarified that. Yeah, first first team out of the, the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you got to look at some of the resumes. Uh, a team like Wyoming, who was projected to make it into the tournament, is, is kind of, you know, on the fringe, I think, um, on the outside looking in just because – that's such a good, it's a good conference, but it may not get the respect that it deserves. Um, I think BYU is also right there. Maybe even Xavier. Xavier is a team that lost to Butler on Thursday uh, in their conference tournament. So um, possibly Rutgers. Um, but I think on the outside looking in, you're looking at teams like Xavier and Wake Forest that got bounced on the first day of their tournaments. Um, and it really just depends on what Virginia Tech does. They did a really impressive win mm-hmm. last night over North Carolina, and they've kind of played themselves back into being into the NCAA tournament field. Um, and, and, and they're still playing today. They get Duke close, and they can hang with Duke or even beat them. I think that puts them into the field. Um, but right now, I think the first four out is Wake Forest. Should be Xavier. 
Um, and, and, and if Dayton can win and can win their conference tournament, that would obviously put them in, and that would take another bubble spot away. So there's still a lot to be played for today, as you mentioned. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I like the Flyers. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I still think Xavier can can get in, but they're going to get in by the skin, skin of their teeth. And uh, Virginia Tech, that's that's another interesting. I'm glad you brought that up. That's another interesting uh, scenario to to look at. Michigan State. What are your thoughts? Uh, going back to the Big Ten, yeah, I think Michigan State's a, a good team. They've they, they've they've struggled a little bit when it comes to, um, you know, just that null of the Big Ten. I mean, the Big Ten hits you in the mouth every night. I mean, when you think about Wisconsin, Iowa, you know, Indiana's never uh, an easy out. Um, Rutgers has played well and has beat Purdue when they were the number one team in the country. Um, Ohio State is solidly into the NCAA tournament, um, so it's just it's it's they're a good team, uh, and they're going to be on that eight nine seeded line, which means can you win on day one of the tournament and advance to take on the number one team? So um, I could see Michigan State giving a number one seed in the second round a, a tough out. I mean, you can never really count out Tom Izzo in March. He he always seems to be there in the Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight if he's got a solid team. Let's talk about some teams that are starting to get some momentum, start, starting to get some stock, if you will. And, and, and of course, you got a lot of ways. People do a lot of different ways to do brackets. I am one of those dudes that do a lot of different brackets, so yeah, I'm going to win in something. Uh, but let's just say you're doing one bracket, and let's just say you're 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 trying to figure out how do I do my bracket. You, you, you never know. Let let let's be honest. If we're being real, it, it's 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 a it's a crapshoot. We don't know. We have no idea, but some teams that are gaining some momentum, teams to look at, let's talk about Murray State. Now, a few years ago, maybe four or five, six years ago, Murray State was, maybe even a little bit longer than that, Murray State was the team to contend with. I mean, they're a small school down in Kentucky, a lot of people, and I have, I'm also a trivia nerd, I always like to say, hey, where's this, I never knew where Gonzaga was until they started doing well in the, or even heard of them. Until they start doing well, of course we know they're out in in uh, California. So uh, let's let's Washington. talk a little bit about Murray State. Huh? Washington. Gonzaga's in Washington. Oh, I said California. You're right. See, thank you, thank you. I depend on you. You are Tony slash Wiki. You're the man. <laughs> well, Murray, Murray State. State. I'll say this. Yeah, it's all school of Kentucky. Uh, it's a very good conference in the Ohio Valley Conference. I think they're moving on from that conference with a team like Belmont out of Nashville. And Murray State, you know, like you said, they've always been right there. John Moran obviously put them on the map. And they're a team that's super hot that has rolled through, the term, through their conference tournament. Um, my, my problem with this is they're going to have two weeks off. So how are you going to be able to play after playing three, four times a week? Now you've had two weeks off. And, 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 and it's the same with a team like Loyola. I think Loyola is a team that is really good and can get hot. But, again, their last game was Sunday, so they're going to go almost 11 days, maybe even 12 without playing a game. So some of those schools like Loyola and Murray State, I think that can compete to the Sweet 16. How are they going to feel early on in that game when they haven't played and had game competition in over a week and a half? And as you know in the tournament, if you have a bad 10 minutes, you're done. If you have a bad 10-minute stretch in the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament, you're playing teams now that can that can take you to the wire and that can make you pay for that 10-minute lure that you have. So 
Um, I'm always a little bit weary about how those teams start out. If you're looking for some long shots as well in this tournament, because I know that you like to bet those big those big money guys to maybe win on the money line in the opening round. Uh, Memphis is a team that's super hot. We'll see them coming up um, uh-huh. in, in the AC area. We'll see them coming up here. Uh, they blew out U- UCF. Um, the American Conference is a really good conference. I like Memphis to maybe surprise some people. Uh, if Dayton can get in, Dayton's a very dangerous team. Some people have them in, some people don't. Um, I was really high on Notre Dame coming into the weekend, and they absolutely laid a dud in the second round of the ACC tournament. Yep. So right I'm, I'm a little bullish on I'm a little bullish on them right now, um, but if you're looking for a team that can get hot, uh, could possibly be be in a bracket to where they play one of the weaker I know it's hard to say one of the weaker number one seeds um, and could advance to maybe the Sweet 16. Give Marquette a shot. Marquette's been hot. Um, they're they're a team that, that that really turned it on in the middle of the year. Uh, they remind me a lot of Creighton. Creighton and Marquette are kind of like the same two teams that can advance. Uh, and we'll see the way that the bracket stacks up. But but keep your eye on a team like Marquette who's battle-tested in the Big East, knows how to get it done, um, and, and is a team that I think um, can, can, can make some noise and possibly um, – I, I know I lost to Creighton yesterday, but I think that that's a team that can make some noise here in the NCAA tournament. Well, I mean, I, I, here's what I see in the very first round, Murray State and Marquette, you know, going at it. And so that's a good good thing. One more final team here. We, there's so much to get into, and next week we'll be able to digest it a little bit better uh, because we'll have our brackets. We'll know what's going on. But Boise State, what are your thoughts where they're at? I, I think they're going to – you're talking about Notre Dame. I think they would, they would play Notre Dame in the first round. Yeah, you know, a team like Boise is tough because we we know that that conference is good. We know that the Mountain West Conference is good. Colorado State, Wyoming, there's there's some good teams out there. But we really don't know how good they are and how that translates over to a major power D1 team. Um, you know, maybe like, like playing a Purdue or playing a Marquette. Or, but we'll see. They're underdogs today against San Diego State in their championship. You win that, you're obviously automatically in. I think they're in anyway. Um, Boise is a good team. They're quick. They rebound well, um, and 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 they keep they keep games relatively low scoring. You know, when, when they're winning games, it's it's by two or three points. So they are battle tested, um, but I'm not sure that they'll be able to compete on the level that uh, a major power school can. Tony Donahue, uh, BurnoutSports.com, and uh, the Tony D Podcast joins us. We're going to get into some racing here in just a second, but let's put on our homework card. Who wins the Big Ten Championships? Who put who, who sh- should I put my DraftKings money on with <laughs> the Big Ten Championship? On the Big Ten, I think IU or I think I think Purdue wins it. I think it'll be Purdue and, and Iowa in the final, and Purdue will be your champion of the Big Ten. I sure hope you're wrong about that from the aspect of Indiana, but you know, like you said, we're, we're quick draw and draw on the uh, on the uh, Indiana. And, and and there again, I made an old man reference there. I, I want to go. Let's talk about just completely off the grid. If you're not from Indiana, like you and I are, you may not even have heard about this college. But how awesome! Is it to see Wabash move on in the NCAA uh, bracket? In their pr- perspective, obviously they're not going to be in in the in the division one but Wabash beat Williams last last night and they move on we have not talked about Wabash in basketball in a long time and you know I've got some colleagues that went to Wabash and there's a lot of friends of mine that went to Wabash 
What are your thoughts about Wabash? Are, are they going to win at all? School. Um, it's a great program, and 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 you're you're right. It's you, usually when you're talking about Wabash College, you're talking about, um, you know, you're 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 talking about the Monon Bell game. Um, and mm-hmm, exactly. you know, you look at what they did in the court. You, you look at what they did in the corner finals. We talk about a team getting hot. Um, Twenty-seven and three on the season. Um, you know, they, 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 they force turnovers, which, which is the best. They force 17 turnovers last night. And when you shoot 45% from the field, you usually got a pretty good chance of, uh, of winning a football or, or winning a basketball game, excuse me. So we'll see what they can do tonight against Illinois Wesley and, and, and maybe move on to the championship. All right, let's uh, move on over to your uh, field of expertise, if you will. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and BurnoutSports.com. Uh, McLaren signs Herta to a, a Formula One development deal. What's what's this uh, arrangement or agreement between Herta and McLaren? I mean, you would think it would be something Andretti would be supportive of. What do you know about it? What are your thoughts? I mean, it kind of just goes to show you that that, that Andretti is very very serious about entering the Formula One realm of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he has been in the past, that... and it's not worked out for him. So, I'm, I, yeah, I'm just curious about that sorry didn't mean to interrupt you go ahead yeah um but that's pretty massive news you know um it is and and maybe 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 michael andretti doesn't get um the proper what he needs to have his own team maybe he partners with mclaren him and him and zach brown are actually really good friends um i know that and i think that this this kind of pushes forward to get um i think that this kind of pushes forward to get colton into a practice session um, in Formula One here when they come to America. So, J.L. Hildebrand, sorry, joins AJ Foyt Racing for IndyCar Oval Races. I would assume that would include the Indy 500. I like J.R. Hildebrand, but he just can't seem to catch a break, even as though he's just right there at it. And, well, we know he's been right there at it, and he does well here in Indianapolis. I think this is a good deal for J.R. Hillebrand and Foyt. I think that's a good a, a good partnership. Yeah, I mean, it gets it gets Hildebrand back into not quite full-time competition, but it gets him back into being able to, um, you know, rate the ovals and help Tatiana Calderon and help Kyle Kirkwood, and Kirkwood's kind of the next oven-cupping thing in, in IndyCar. So, um, yeah, great for him. Uh, that team's got to be able to qualify better at the 500. And if they can do that, um, then you never know. But, but, but right now, I mean, it's just finding that speed uh, during qualifying. That team hasn't started in the first five rows in over five years. So um, if you can qualify a little bit better, I think that'll help go a long way for, um, for, for, for not only Foyt Racing, but, but, but certainly J.R. Hildebrand as well. Looking ahead to Texas, obviously Jimmy Johnson's going to be on the ovals for the first time uh, in, in, in Texas. McLaughlin, you know, he, he did – Great in the Texas uh, testing. Moving, looking ahead to Texas. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Yeah, Texas is going to be a pretty good race, but we got to see uh, what kind of racing line there's going to be because you know last year as we know the PJ1 that's laid down for um, NASCAR to give them grip to be able to pass doesn't really help on the slick oval tires for for Indy cars. So um, hopefully it's not a follow the leader or a snake type race where wherever the leader moves, the guy in second, third, fourth, and so on goes. So. Um, a week away, next next Sunday we'll be going green, so it's going to be an exciting weekend next weekend with the NCAA tournament going on 
and a little bit of IndyCar action as well. So certainly looking forward to next weekend. Absolutely. Real quickly, before we wrap things up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to charge you $5 on each race like I did, Steve. Who $5 for the Xfinity race today? Tell me who it is. Five dollars. Because I'm, I'm putting everybody else responsible for my DraftKings mess ups from last week. <laughs> well, we 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 can get you we can get you on to my promo code on MGM and we'll get you some some free money to work around with. Um, I'd love that. Send it over to me. We'll um we'll do that. And if we're looking at today's, I don't even know what the names of these races are anymore. I think tomorrow's the Rue Off Home Mortgage and tonight's like United Rentals. Ty Gibbs has been hot. Um, but Justin Allgaier is so good at those tracks. But I'll tell you what, for five bucks, how about at six to one, give me Josh Berry. Josh Berry, five bucks, thirty-five dollars. All right, there we go. That's done. Let's go over to the uh, Ruoff Mortgage Five Hundred tomorrow for the win. Five bucks. I mean, I, I know, I know. He mentioned this earlier, but I think Chase Elliott eight to one is always a good pick. Uh, Ryan Blaney has ran there, but for five bucks, let's win you. Let, let's let's take a little bit of a long shot here. Hendrick Motorsports has been really good this year, uh, although William Byron has struggled. How about he breaks out of it? Actually, I'd go five bucks on Alex Bowman to go back to back at at plus two thousand twenty to one. Bowman wins in his hometown. He loves that track. He grew up there. Give me Alex Bowman. You put five bucks on it and, 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 and hope that he stays hot. You know what? If he does that, it gives me $130, and I'm going to meet you downtown for a beer. How's that? If that pays out. Sounds if your good. five bucks pays out, I'm going to buy you a beer. <laughs> and send me over that MGM code, and, and, and go ahead and let anybody else know how they, they, can, they can do that real quick. Yeah, so I, I've been working with BetMGM, BetRivers, uh, to put these promo codes together. And if you haven't used either of those sites, they'll match you your first deposit up to $1,000. Um, and honestly, what I would do is you split that $1,000 up, or maybe it's 100 if that's what you're comfortable with, and you bet, you, know, you bet the over on a basketball game, and you also bet the under. So one you know is going to win, one you know won't. And you'll double up your money, and you cash that bad boy out. Sounds like a plan. Tony Donahue of BurnoutSports.com and the Tony D Podcast. What are you guys working on uh, this week? We'll get you ready for uh, the IndyCar race in Texas. We'll also have um, some some guests coming up. I had a great conversation with an up-and-coming kid named Miles Rowe. Uh, He's in USF 2000 right now. He'll be hopefully in IndyCar over the next three to five years. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Follow at Burnout Sports and at Tony D Indy. I appreciate you, Tony. You have yourself a good weekend, sir. Good luck to your Hoosiers. Yes, sir. I'm on it. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. See ya. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and BurnoutSports.com talking with us about Selection Sunday. That's tomorrow. Again, we've got our brackets up. We'll get it up there for you guys. Make sure that you all you have to do is click enter. It's free. You can do up to two brackets. We'd love to have you a part of BurnoutSports.com. Uh, make sure you catch us on the podcast. If you're listening to us on the podcast right now and you've listened to our show, it's live. We don't edit it and put anything on the on the on the newsroom floor, as they would say. And uh, so 
the live show is live show, good, bad, or indifferent. And so just go ahead and click like it so we know how awesome you are because we already know how awesome we are. Follow us on the balance at, on the Twitter at T-Balance uh, and on Facebook, of course, on Facebook. My name is Tom Mark with El Presidente. Look forward to talking with you again soon next week. We'll be right back. Well, we'll be back next week. <laughs> you guys ready to get rid of me? All right. My name is Tom Mark with El Presidente. Make sure you're following us on the Twitter and on Facebook. We'll be, I, I did it again. I'm out of here. Don't drink and drive it in cool deuces. next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.